Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Yesterworld podcast. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Quinn. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. We're here for our second week in a row. We're going to try to keep up this, uh, this trend of getting them up every week. Um, and this week, we have a bit of news to cover. We had the new Jurassic World trailer. Uh, we're going to introduce a new segment um, that I came up with called Backseat Imagineering, um, where we're going to talk about uh, Disney or Universal or whatever uh, and what we think they should do with uh, an attraction or really anything that uh, people are kind of thinking are on their way out. So we're going to try out a new segment. Uh, and then we're also going to debate um, the fast pass system, the new and the old. Uh, we're going to try to introduce something where Mark and I actually disagree. Uh, and fa- the fast pass system is, is one of those things. But first, uh, to keep up with the, the trend of having some synergy between our videos and the podcast, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Mark's newest episode, which was the Mickey Mouse Review. Uh, and one thing I loved about your episode was just kind of the history of what happened to those animatronics and the puppets from the Lion King show after yeah. the fact. Yeah, because um, I knew a little bit about the Mickey Mouse Review animatronics. I didn't know a ton about the show going into the episode. I feel like it's one of those weird shows that was really popular in the beginning. And I mentioned it in the episode that it was marketed more than in most shows and attractions I've seen. But over the years, it really kind of has faded away from most people's, um, um, you know, list of retired attractions or whatever. Um, So I knew a bit about that, but I didn't know how extensive it was in terms of, I think I mentioned that the molds for Alice and the singing flowers were used in the Disneyland update for New Fantasyland in 1983, I think it was. Um, There's always been rumors about whether it was actually the Alice like backup animatronic that went in. But if you look at them, it's pretty easy to see it's not because, I mean, just there's a lot of differences. But the molds, from what I read, it was confirmed to be used for the flowers and her. And even, um, yeah, I mentioned Snow White. She went into the attraction briefly, supposedly, for a while. But the main one that's like an absolute like certainty, certainty is the, you know, three caballeros, which... I think, I mean, I mentioned it at the very end of the episode, but I think it's one of my favorite examples of reusing a past animatronic and keeping it alive, you know, and you can go see it in the Grand Fiesta. Um, so are they actually exactly the same? Like not, they weren't updated or reskinned or anything? They were updated, and, and that's, I guess, you could say they're not literally, you know, it's not like they were untouched. Uh, you can tell that the feathers are different, the, you know, it sounds weird to say, like, the skin, I guess. But So I assume it's just the basic core elements of the animatronic, like the mechanics of it and everything. Kind of like how in Star Tours, the uh, a few of the geese from America Sings are in the attraction, but they're like the skeletal, you know, robotic parts of it. So I think that's what they're referring to, because I'm pretty sure they did add... You know, updated feathers and colors and out and wardrobe, but and I think they had to reprogram them, obviously. But yeah, anything with like with Disney reusing stuff is always so like fascinating to me. Like one thing I've always wanted to see is if uh, someone went on the Monster Sync ride and like stripped down the CDC members, right. like what's actually under there. Like, I wonder that too. Is Bob Barker underneath that. the one of the CDC uniforms, or did they actually? You know what I mean. 
Yeah, that because that's a a few people when I did that abandoned. Uh, I forget the title, but when I did that in one of my ep- one of the episodes, that's one of the questions people had, and I had gone through some forums and I saw arguments for and against it. Some saying maybe at first they were literally just they put the you know outfit over them and then maybe eventually they removed it. I don't know. It's one of those things I guess you'd have to talk to an Imagineer who worked on it and then still works or who would just, you know, know that information because, you know, their poses are pretty much identical. And in some cases it looks like, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, nobody knows, like, I mean, it's pretty obvious that that is what they did, but nobody knows like a hundred percent that that is the case, right? That they are under there. Like, yeah, there's no, like, it's just one of those things where, well, I think a lot of times in the theme park community, unless you have a, a quote from, an, you know, an ex-imagineer, um, which you do in cases, in general, it's I, it's one of those things I just saw in a bunch of different articles, and but I never found, like, a person saying, yes, this is exactly what happened. But it seems like it's almost just become common knowledge, and then, like I said, comparing the poses and then where they were in the attraction and yeah because you could I suppose be like oh well maybe they were just homages but considering everyone hated that ride I don't know why they'd want to pay an homage to and like, it was every such a fast turnaround too yeah like and that's a big part of it too because I would imagine they just you they are under their partial again going back to like the mechanics maybe just the mechanical elements are under there so they could keep some of the same movement um and, but then and there's a, that one case where they would have had to cut off the head of the uh mm-hmm. oh, what's his name drew carey i think his character in the ride where he's holding the tickets and then the monsters inc he's holding the like the pictures like everything's identical but i don't think his head would fit so maybe it's just like a mechanical torso underneath well, I, I would be surprised yeah. if they like left the the skin of the animatronic on when they did it um but that would be i don't know that's one of the things i'm most curious about like every can you imagine like if it like if it just somehow fell over and then like the costume fell off and then you have you know share like in the middle of the track layout in monsters inc or well, any of the, the other nice Tim thing Allen. is is in today's day and age there's a chance we may actually know at some point because like you you see all the time when rides are getting like deconstructed pictures surface right uh and that that would be one where i i i I hope true i hope someone on the inside has a phone and takes a picture because i mean like that stitch image nobody we never would have seen we never would have saw that even 10 years ago um but now there's there's dozens of them um yeah i mean i hadn't thought of that but that's totally plot if you know because there's always been rumors about it going away at some point so if they do end up scrapping it maybe but then again i'm actually surprised that for the great movie ride there were a few pictures you know there was that one video that uh i think backdoor disney backstage disney i think it's backdoor backstage backdoor i think so i'll correct it in the in the show notes but Either way, uh, one of the videos I think he uh, posted and some of the images were inside the ride, but everything had pretty much been demolished by that point. And I know there were a few photos of some of the the pipes from the alien scene, but I'm surprised there was never anything of, I mean, how many animatronics there were in that attraction? And they never, because I've been doing research, 
uh, on the ride, and I never came across anything other than just the building, the I'd interior love, of the queue. I'd love to know how their like their policy and their their system for that has changed in the last like couple of years. In terms of like, if someone is in there, like they probably can't have their cell phone. Like there has to be something like that in yeah. place. Otherwise, there'd be way more pictures out there. Uh, but nowadays, like people, I mean, just the, the things people will do, and we probably won't. This is probably a could be a whole topic in, in in and of itself. Just the things that people will do in terms of like breaking into places to get an image is just ridiculous. Um, and I mean, that's how, as far as I know, like the Stitch picture wasn't an employee. I don't think. I think the stitch picture was somebody that just was in there. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. But that's an interesting point because, you know, I'm sure the majority of people working on those uh, jobs, you know, the construction workers and the planners, they probably wouldn't care all that much. But, I mean, you're going to get people that are huge fans of theme park stuff and types that maybe do want to, you know, try to get that, like, moment of – internet fame by posting something but i don't know if you could just say oh you can't have your phones while i'm duty." maybe you can well i guess i only mean when it comes to because i would imagine when they're deconstructing like the animatronics it's not just a you know a a contracted construction worker it's probably someone that knows animatronics and everything isn't it like at least with that sort of thing i would think so I'm not sure. It's one of those things I'm not, I'm not going to speak on because I really have no idea. There's probably like a, a proper procedure for, you know, especially with how expensive animatronics are. Right. Um, and the fact that we know they reuse parts and stuff from one animatronic to another, they probably don't want them just taken apart incorrectly. I mean, I don't know a lot about animatronics, but I, I would just assume that it would pretty be it would be pretty easy to take it up, take it down the wrong way and make it a lot harder to reuse that stuff. Um, and I wonder I how the what goes into the decision making for that. You know who? I mean, obviously you don't have Bob Iger going, you know, down to the the warehouses at, at all these attractions and saying reuse that, don't reuse that, reuse that. So I'd be curious to know like how the structure works. How what you know what's decided to put in the storage, what's decided to or who decides to put which in the storage, which to reuse, which to dismantle. You know what those decisions, you know who those belong to. Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's got to be a very systematic process it's, because it is Disney. It's pretty incredible to think that, like, there are probably some animatronics and pieces of rides that are assumed to be, like, long destroyed that are just sitting in a warehouse somewhere completely intact. Probably. I always look at the um, the two that I always think of is Udi from the Tiki, Enchanted Tiki Room at Disneyland when the A-frame collapsed in, I think, 2000-something, the early 2000s. And it, like, sat on the back lot or the backstage area, and supposedly a cast member took it home. So that's somewhere. And then the Hatbox Ghost, you know, no one knows what happened to that because there were two ver- – I didn't know this until my last video where I talked about it uh, in December, I think. But there were two Hatbox Ghosts. There was one in Disneyland, which was on in the attraction for a brief period, and it was, you know, removed – um, for maintenance and ultimately it didn't work and they don't know where that one went but there's also the Magic Kingdom one which I was told after the episode that the clip I showed from the Disney program that was of the Hatbox Ghost that that was actually Magic Kingdom's Hatbox Ghost but that was never installed so that's got to be somewhere too in all these so I'd love to know where those you know 
Even well, I more really so than Buzzy. I wouldn't be surprised if stuff from like 70s or 80s though is still just has just been sitting somewhere neglected for 30 years. That like, I mean, I don't. We probably never know it's still there. But I, I also think that now, um, in like the the recent trend of like nostalgia for the parks. I mean, there's always been nostalgia, but I think I know we've talked about it. Just how much that's become accentuated to the point right. where like Disney Disney merch. It, there's official Disney merch that's just nostalgia bait now um but i think we'll see a lot more things get saved um from attractions than than before because back then it probably was just more like this is just a a hunk of metal if we can reuse something tear it apart um and now again like the i mean other than the puppets in figment which showed up on ebay i think um and obviously they're they're horrifying to look at but that's more because of the material they're made out of you know it's not made to last forever but the figment the actual animatronics i know pop up here and there there's a couple in a warehouse or they they were in a warehouse and i think kissimmee or kissimmee and then there's one that disney puts on display but who knows if all of them you know were saved or not yeah and i mean that's where mickey mouse is so interesting in a way because there were so many atronics versus like you, you take something like cranium command everyone is fixated on you know, just Buzzy, because yeah. that's really all there was. With Mickey Mouse, it's just like there are dozens, and they went every which way. Yeah, I would love to know even more, because I, I I actually forgot the original question that led to that, but I'd love to know where the other animatronics from Mickey Mouse Review are, because obviously, I mean, what did I say, 80, there are a total of 81 figures in the entire show, and all of them were animated in at least some form. So, I mean, there's... So what we know of four or, you know, because there's a debate about the uh, the dwarves. Some say they were the backup animatronics because I think every show does have backup versions, you know, in case something happens. But there's a ton from the show that no one knows where they are. I mean, you know, out of 81, maybe two or three, three Caballeros, Mickey and um, maybe the dwarves, you know, but the rest, who knows where they went? Maybe they're all in storage. You know, I don't know. Maybe they stayed in Tokyo. Maybe they were shipped down here. I'd love to know more about that kind of stuff. Well, I'd, I'd be curious yeah. how many of the people um, that watch our videos knew about Mickey Mouse Review, because I know you alluded to this in the beginning, but that was a ride, to be honest, I didn't even know existed. I didn't know anything about it. Um, oh, you, you said ride. Up, people will go nuts. Or attraction. I'm. Well, that's, it's I, funny because it's so... Apologize profusely. It's so interchangeable sometimes where you can call it an attraction. You can also call it a show. But generally, we think of attractions like a ride. You know, but people will say like, oh, they'll use the term ride for something that's not, you know, a ride. So it's it's Well, people would be right. Mickey Mouse Review isn't a ride. But like, is Stitch's Great Escape a ride? Because I would consider that a ride. But there's comments on that video saying it's not a ride. And I was like, eh, I think it's a ride. I think... I forget who said it, but someone made some comment about how, you know, if Walt Disney like had a like a grocery cart going down Main Street, people would still call that like an attraction or a ride because it's just the the titles get interchangeable. You know, they're kind of uh, to me it doesn't really matter. I guess they're all. I think if you, I think if your seats aren't stationary, it's definitely a ride. Like, yeah. But I mean, the then you think was of something. Stationary, but then something like Captain Captain EO, you know, the seats move. Yeah, but Stitch, you had you had the your shoulder bar shaking, right. and your seats shaking. Like I would consider Shrek 4D a ride. Would you? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I would too. But yeah, people yeah. would be right. Mickey Mouse Review isn't a ride. I am so sorry. I retract I my original statement. Please forgive me. Um, what was <laughs> I even saying? I don't remember. Uh, oh, oh, just, just how just how I, do, I didn't even know it existed. And it's like, it's funny because it is the only Mickey-centric attraction um, with the Mickey animatronic. So Right. And the fact that it was, yeah, I mentioned in the, in the video, and that's why I made that storybook of it because it had a lot of promotion that you really don't see as much in other attractions back then you know having storybooks and an audiobook and you know like haunted mansion had that kind of th- that's really the first that comes to mind where i know that they had a backstory and that there were several like story and audiobooks with haunted mansion which is how we knew about certain figures and characters that were intended but never made the final cut but so it's weird to have something like with mickey mouse review where there was so much backstory and material with it and it really i don't know it just really faded away i think part of it is because it wasn't there long enough like 1971 to what did i say in the episode 1980 you know nine years isn't very long for a brand new show with you know all those animatronics. Well, they're kind of doing that with Galaxy's Edge, with like the comic for the backstory of. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The planet Galaxy's Edge is on. What is it called? Um, oh, I don't know, but I, I have heard of that. Which I don't know. I, I like that. I like supplementary material you could look into. Although there haven't really been any. I mean, although now every ride is tied to an IP, so the backstory is already there. There's yeah. no need for one. It's um, already inherently in the in the ride. Which is fine, but the backstory is already written, so we don't need another one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've just this is just something where we're kind of trying out just to, I don't know. I, I feel like people want to hear more about our videos yeah. a little bit, so and, I think and it's like fun. Like I said, to, there were also you know characters, and because I think I I mentioned it in the episode in the in the press release, it says eighty six animated figures, and then in newspapers they also said eighty six. But there's 81, and then technically, this is where it gets kind of. I didn't want to go too much into it because it gets more semantics. But I think technically there's like 876 like individual characters because the th- the three caballeros you know would pop up in different parts of the theater. So you know you have to you know what I mean. So it's like and Cinderella had a couple of different forms. Technically, so you think somebody so might have got cut? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure because, yeah. Or do you think somebody just misreported to somebody? Well, I think for the press release, because you can count them, and there's, like, a site that lists literally every single character, and there is, you know, 81 total, including, you know, the second Donald and the second, I, I never know the name of the other Caballeros. Um, but I think there were probably five that just didn't make the cut. I'm pretty sure, from what I've read, the Big Bad Wolf was going to be in it, Horace Horse Collar. I mentioned, uh, I think, I didn't find anything, but I think Geppetto and Pinocchio were supposed to be in it because they're in the book and they're shown on stage in the book and they sang a song from Pinocchio in the show. So I think they were cut. And so what would that be? That'd be Geppetto, Pinocchio, Horace Horse Collar, uh, Big Bad Wolf, and Clarabelle. So that would be the, uh, the five. So I think if you go into based off the storybook and everything you can find where they would have cut those five because I think that adds up to five 
Um, but who knows, you know, but that's what I read. I never could find the images because the article I was referring to said, like, based on maquettes, or is it, I think it's pronounced maquettes, where it's like little statues that were made of the ones they mentioned, but they didn't include the photos, so I didn't see any proof. But I would assume the five are those. Imagine an attraction now with 80 plus animatronics. New. Well, I think the biggest thing was that it was all in one stage and the recording process. I think, you know, 70 something or 70 or 80 different soundtracks, individually recorded soundtracks, and then they had to combine them into, I think, 14 for the show. There's a lot of technical stuff, but that's, that's what, what I was going to say. That ride had to have a lot of issues. But that's what's interesting to me is because it is kind of hard to find information about the the very specifics of you know the show and how it worked and behind the scenes photos. Um, I looked all over the place and what I included in the video, aside from like one that I found that was like a half assembled mini or daisy or something, I included pretty much all the ones I could find. But you'd think there'd be a little bit more information about it and mo- more photos considering how how many attractions or animatronics there were, how complex it was, and the fact that it was Mickey's, you know, up until this point, you know, only standalone attraction, unless you count, like, the shows. I suppose it's one of those rides, though, like, unlike Haunted Mansion, where there's such a rabid interest in it, you know, where everyone's dug up every piece of information possible. Like, that ride, not so much. So they're probably... I I would guess there's a lot that exists that just hasn't been uncovered you know what i mean yeah because a lot of what i did get was from widen your world and because they're a good source for those kinds of attractions where there's not a ton of information on them um and it was just frustrating too because like one of the photos i found because i was i was desperately trying to find the maquettes and i'm i apologize if i'm pronouncing that wrong but the st- i'm going to say statues the statues that were referred to when they said the you know based on statues of horse horse collar and one of the other characters and i tried to find an image of those you know to show like oh these were going to be in the attraction but i never found them but i would just find random photos that didn't the sources were really tough to come by like one i know it was taken from a display over in burbank studios in uh, california but that's it so it's like unless you find someone who happened to work there and take a photo of every single item in the display case it's just hard to find you know visuals beyond just random stuff that someone happened to snap while they were at an exhibit yeah and it's a shame it's a lot of there's probably a lot of incredible stuff that's just in in people's boxes that are uh yeah 60 70 80 and they'll never get put on the internet ever so you know they'll just get lost because um, there are so many times you'll come across a rare like a photo and you know that it, it's got, like I said, the photo of the of the goofy statue that was used. I can't imagine that's the only one in that display case. So that's why I was so desperately like trying to find someone who like captured all of the items in there. And I just I couldn't. I get I had to give up after a point because I was like, okay, I can't spend you know you know any more time on this without you know driving myself crazy. But for every day at Disney that actually got uploaded to YouTube. I think, like, there's probably 5,000 that didn't. And some of them oh, yeah. could include, like, ridiculously incredible, you know what I mean? Well, f- 
Yeah, that's that was what drove me crazy too about the castle walkthrough episode I did because there's so you know the virtual walkthrough is just based on concept art and memories that people have of the attraction or of the, of the walkthrough but in terms of actual photographs taken inside the walkthrough the original walkthrough um, before they were turned into Barbie dolls and everything there's so there's like if I remember correctly I think there's one press photo but other than that there's really not much and it's other than when they later found a few of the um, dioramas and stuff but in terms of the actual walkthrough i got to think that there's got to be a bajillion people that tried to take photos for the first however many years it was there before it was changed well they well that's the thing though unlike other places disney is the place where even in the 70s people were taking photos constantly um versus like you know people say now like everything gets photographed because everyone has a camera on them all the time for the most part back then things didn't but disney world was the one place where everyone was taking pictures constantly but none of that gets uploaded to the internet like for all we know you know somebody probably watched a video talking about how there's no solid footage of the hatbox ghost uh but grandma in her attic has a amazing uh video of the hatbox ghost in crystal clear uh format but we'll never see it because it's just going to rot away until it gets thrown in a dumpster um yeah because disney yeah, because Disney History Institute um, is, I think, the first and really only person that found footage of the Hatbox Ghost, and uh, it seemed, from what I could tell, it was pretty random. It wasn't, you know, he was just going through Haunted Mansion footage, and you can vaguely uh, see the original bride, and then you can just see a little bit of the Hatbox Ghost, and to my knowledge, that's the only footage yeah. of it. And then there's, I think, one, or I think there's a couple photos um, it's hard to tell which are real or not because there have been some people that have made photos and then people assume they're real. I think uh, one blogger, uh, I know that happened to him where he made like a composite of the Hatbox Ghost and I think even Disney themselves put it in one of their collections thinking it was an actual photo or something. But yeah, there's got to be, be surprised tons of footage. How often that happens, like an official account, it doesn't even have to be Disney or Universal, but just like an official account will tweet out something that's like fan art, but they don't even realize it themselves. Right. Well, like it just, I mean, again, you don't know, like, there's got to be so many uh, hierarchies of who's in charge of what that maybe you wouldn't know. But that's what drives me crazy and keeps me awake at nights is thinking of all the people that probably filmed the Hatbox Ghost, that probably took pictures of it, and maybe it just didn't turn out that well. And just it's just sitting in someone's attic. I mean, it's exciting in a way to think that, you know, someone could come across it, you know, like a little piece of treasure. Like even with the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom, there's always been rumors about the Spider-Man or the Spider-Web Man because he's, again, he's in, I think, some concept art, and I think he's referred to in one of the manuals, but there's never been any photographic evidence of him, um, actual evidence, because some photos have come out, but they were, like, photoshopped. But we're pretty sure it was there, at least for a very brief time, but there's got to be someone who filmed it or captured it on camera, even if it was in the dark, um, you know. Well, you you would know more about this than me, but if someone had filmed... Uh, the parks in the 60s or 70s uh, and you know hadn't, hadn't touched that film since hadn't digitized it or transferred it at all would that 
is there any chance it would be salvageable at this point? It really just depends on how well it was uh, taken care of. It's really what it comes down to. You know, if it was sitting in a an attic and got water on it, you know, because the cell, I know there's, I think Super 8 film used different, uh, like, chemical components than, like, 35 millimeter. But e- either, can, either way, film, especially back then, was very uh, delicate. So I think it could if it was just left in its can and it wasn't in any kind of extreme conditions. And I find that if I were ever to do, like, like a like a documentary or something. I'd love to explore all the stories of found footage, you know, where they'll go to some random theater that's been shut down for 20 years and find, you know, it'll be like in Argentina or something, and they'll find the lost cut of, you know, Metropolis or, you know, something. But in terms of theme parks, you know, where maybe someone's just had it in their attic forever and they have some attraction or something that has never been seen. But it really depends on how it's, you know, the conditions. Like it's oh, well, I got, this is nothing you can or, do about it. It's just like anything. Like, it's the same thing back then as now. You, you take a video in the moment, and then you never think about it again. And I'm sure that's what happened then, too. Like, they, they took tons of videos at Disney. Yeah. Maybe they framed one picture, and then all the footage they took got thrown up in a box in the attic. And it's probably been sitting there since uh, 1968. Yeah. Uh, and then the house was demolished with uh, the footage of the Hatbox Ghost still in it. Um, you never know. It's something I, I've thought about getting into more. I know there are a few channels that do that, like Retro WDW, which has amazing um, content, or really great. I mean, I got a good chunk of some of the video from the Mickey Mouse Review is from one of their videos where they find old 8mm film on eBay or something and then clean it up. And I think that stuff's amazing, and I would love to dabble in that myself we could start- someday. Like an American Pickers type series where we yeah. go door to door and look through the attics and find old films and yeah. search for vintage Disney footage. That would probably do really well. Disney, that fun. idea is copyrighted. Do not I think, do that. I think it also because in really the terms in terms of uncaptured things, there's not a ton. I mean, there's a lot, but at the same time, there's not a lot. Like yeah, there's the Hatbox Ghost and a few of the things I mentioned. But by and large, most, I want to say most of the stuff, you know, aside from like the really early things like the castle walkthrough um, in the, you know, 50s and early 60s, most of that stuff is out there. But like, and a lot of it has to do with lighting, you know, back then, you know, the castle walkthrough was super, super dark. So who knows if it'd even like turn up. But yeah, the same with Haunted Mansion. Did. I'm sure a ton yeah. of people just didn't bother because. What what back then? What would you even capture? I mean, it yeah. would be like that video. The only video we have, where if it weren't for him stopping the video like frame by frame, right? I I would have never. I could have watched it a hundred times. I never would have yeah. noticed it. Now, nowadays, you could probably you know with technology, you can get a lot more out of um, you know, film. So I imagine if someone did go through the haunted mansion, you'd get like a a silhouette maybe. Although that ride's really really dark. But I think for the castle, that one's more possible because I've, from what I can tell, there was quite a bit of light in certain dioramas. So that one I feel like, and I looked everywhere. I looked through every video on YouTube I could find that could potentially have someone have captured um, the inside. I found a few that got the outside, which was still cool because I'd never seen video footage of the original entrance. 
but I couldn't find anyone who had uploaded or, you know, captured the inside of the walkthrough. Well, you know what we got to do? We have to make sure we capture Jurassic World The Ride in the highest quality possible. Um, exactly. Because that was the smoothest transition ever. Um, Perfect we, segue. Nine out of ten. Thanks, ten Mark. Out of ten. Uh, we did get a new trailer for Jurassic World The Ride, the most creative uh, ride name probably of all time. Um, so we're, we're going we're gonna to briefly touch on that. The trailer doesn't really show all that much of the ride itself it's mostly right. just like a promo of a dinosaur stomping through the park um, but we get that that sweet shot of the boat going across the uh, i don't even remember the name of the dinosaur the placine massisaurus i'm gonna stick with that i have no idea um it's it's pa- it's, the, it's the big one screaming right now the big one that jumps out of the fish. water um but that, that was pretty much the only shot we got. I actually haven't been following news about this ride at all because um, I, I tend to just want to experience the ride right. when it comes out. But with the, with the show, we, we, we were trying to keep up on current news a little bit more. Um, I, I actually didn't even know it was going to be another river ride, though. I thought it was going to be something completely different. Oh, I, I was pretty sure they were going to keep it because I think then people would have really had a huge issue with it. But I assumed they would keep it as a river ride. And sarcasm aside, I actually do think that's a pretty cool... Uh, if you watch the trailer near the end, you know, the boat goes by whatever the creature in the Jurassic World is. Obviously, that's going to be a screen. But as you said, uh, supposedly that's like the only or one of the only screens in the ride. What I heard is uh, that was the only not practical dinosaur in the ride. But that could turn out to be not the case i could see it i mean i guess because i was when i was looking at some of the footage that had been taken overhead of the construction because obviously you know you're going to go up the ramp and uh, it looks like the first section is going to be entirely enclosed which is where i think that screen part happens and it's cool but i guess to me what i love about the original jurassic park is how you go through that briefly enclosed section it's all misty and foggy, and then the music swells. It's like, welcome to Jurassic Park. And then, you know, you're out outside seeing all the dinosaurs. So I guess I'd kind of miss that. But maybe they could still do it, even though they're extending the enclosed portion. I just don't want the whole thing to be enclosed, because part of the wonder of the ride is, you know, feeling like you're going through this, like, nature habitat of, you know, prehistoric creatures. Well, I, I would hope that that is the only part that's not an animatronic because it would be really annoying to go from a ride that was built in the 90s that had an animatronic T-Rex to now just a screen. Um, so I, I really hope they keep all that the same. Yeah. I hope I hope the drop is is if the, I, the, I hope there still is a drop. I, like I said, really all I, I mean, know yeah, is what they're... I saw in the trailer. I hope they keep that the same too with like the T-Rex and everything like. I don't know. I hope most From of that stuff heard, is kept gonna, similar. From what I heard, it's not going to be the... T- I'm sure that... T- that's where or it'll be interesting. The I'm Indominus sure the t- Rex or whatever the yeah. Jurassic World one is. Yeah, but I would imagine the T-Rex will still... I would think they still will include it somewhere in the attraction because people would be really upset if he's complete, he or she's completely gone. But I do... From what I have heard, it's the Indominus Rex that's going to be the one that kind of pops out. But... You think they'll think, keep the yeah. old uh, animatronic in the ride? The I don't know. It's, I, I mean, mean I that was it's... one that still looked pretty good, to be fair. 
I could see them updating it a little bit. I don't know. That's that. That's what's going to be really curious to see. You know, are they going to keep the Raptors in the same spot, or I guess just how much of the ride is going to be completely narratively different versus how much is going to be just a reskin versus you know because we really don't know all that much about it. But I, I guess I'm happy, even though I'm. I would be very sad to see both of them go because I love Jurassic Park. It's one of my favorite movies. But if they're going to do a Jurassic World overhaul, I'm glad they're actually like not just kind of half. I was going to I'm trying to think of the the G rated word for that, but half doing half, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's what I was when I first heard that they were making it Jurassic World. I just kind of at first I assumed, oh, they're just going to do a quick reskin. That'll be it. Right. Yeah, Um, that's what I thought, too. But then when I when I was at Universal Hollywood like a month ago and I saw how much was torn up, I was like, oh, okay, they're completely redoing it. And I actually thought they were just, I, I thought they were turning it into a non-raft ride until I saw the trailer, and obviously that's not the case. Um, yeah. But now well, I'm curious. Lot, you know? Now I'm curious if they will keep some of the same animatronics and just reskin them. They probably could because I don't know if you've been to Universal Hollywood lately, but man, the last time I rode that ride, it was it was sad. Like it, yeah. it, I mean, yeah. the animatronics looked terrible. Half the stuff didn't work. Yeah, it, it was just in sorry shape. Yeah, and that's I, I, I don't ride that one too much because I really I love the ride, but I hate the drop, so I don't ride it all that often. But the last time I went on the Orlando version, and even the Hollywood version, unless they refurbed it in the last three or so years since I last went. Yeah, all the animatronics were faded and the mechanics weren't working all that well. So it's definitely, you know, in need of an improvement. I just hope they kind of find a middle ground where they don't completely change everything and they have a little bit that's kind of a nod to the original. Like, throw in the T-Rex. Like, I know the Adonimus Rex is going to be at the end, but maybe throw in the T-Rex somewhere or leave him in the one part where he comes through the roof. Which is That's what terrifying. I'm wondering though. Where where could they put it in like a half animatronic like that? Other than for that part. sort of thing, unless they do like a small drop and then a big drop or something, which would be cool. Um, where would they put? Where could you put an animatronic like that? I don't know. Like the but other animatronics, it'd yeah. be easy enough to just reskin and use the same one. Yeah, there's really not as much. I feel like. It's opening somewhat soon, but there really hasn't been a ton of leaked stuff from it. Like when they refreshed Jurassic Park in Orlando, and I haven't been on it since, did they? Does it feel pretty well kept now? I mean, the last time I went, it to me it was definitely and mostly the first part because that's the hardest part because in broad daylight, you know, the Florida sun is not the easiest. Mm-hmm. I imagine on you know, the materials of the animatronics. So when I last went, it, yeah, it could definitely need it. It could definitely benefit from a, a refurbishment, but I don't know. I think right now it's kind of up in the air as to, but wasn't as it, to when I, they're going to, you know. I thought it was closed in Florida for a couple months just recently for a refurb. It could be. I haven't written it in probably, I don't think I've written it this year. So okay. you could be very well. Because right. that's what I was wondering, like when, because I I was surprised because when they announced that Jurassic World was taking over Hollywood, I was like, okay, Florida's going soon, but then they closed it down for a refresh. So I was like, oh, maybe maybe not. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if it actually feels kept up now because, like I said, when I went on the one in Hollywood, 
um, not only was the the truck not working, like the the truck sliding yeah, down that the wall, seemed to never work. Um, all the dinos, all the outside dinosaurs, like you said, just looked really sun beaten and weathered. Um, and then the T Rex didn't come down either, which is a pretty pretty big part of the ride. Um, right. And it just it felt sad. Like I got off it and I was like, man. Like it, it almost shouldn't be open if like two of the biggest effects just straight up don't work, at least yeah. in my opinion. I know when I wrote it the last time, the Hollywood one in like three years ago, I think I literally had that same experience where the truck didn't fall down and I'm not sure about the T-Rex, but, but either way, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, if they're going to do an overhaul that they're not just kind of doing a cheap reskin, that they're actually taking the time to make it like a unique experience rather than just because it would have been easy for them to just throw in the new dinosaur and like the new vehicle, you know, having the globe or the the hamster ball thing fall instead of the truck and, you know, just kind of like reskin everything. That's, that's what I thought would have been done. They would have just swapped out the vehicles, you know, slapped some Jurassic uh, World logos around and maybe change the gate to... I don't know. There's there's a similar yeah. gate in Jurassic World, isn't there? That's like modernized. It's um, like the, I think it's the same thing. It's just the the you know the monorail goes through it. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I that was my initial thought. But I'm glad to see they're actually putting effort, a lot of effort into it. And I just I wonder guess how it, it just depends on how successful that is. How worth it do you yeah. think it is? Like, how many more people do you think a Jurassic World reskin pulls into the park? Mm, I don't know. That's where I'm, I'm... Like, versus just a new IP for a different ride. Leave Jurassic Park as is, freshen it up, and then put your money into something else. Like, how much does Jurassic World bring in over Jurassic Park? I, I think short-term, it will definitely, because everyone's going to want to well, see yeah, it. Well, yeah, short-term. Long-term. Yeah, you're right, short-term, but yeah, yeah I guess I was asking. Yes. Long-term, in my opinion, no, but I'm not very familiar with, like, that kind of... You know, I can I can only speak from me where I love the original, so I would much rather see the original just get a really nice refurbishment. I wasn't a huge fan of Jurassic World, um, personally, but who knows? I mean, it made a kajillion dollars, and so maybe long term it will because kids of this generation are going to grow up with Jurassic World. They're not necessarily going to grow up with Jurassic Park, so it's like, oh, I want to ride the Jurassic World ride. So. You know, who knows? I'm just curious to see if they'll change the one in Orlando eventually or not based on how successful this one is. Well, Holly, Hollywood is a bit of a weird park just because when they want to do something new, it, yeah, it has no to space. be in an existing place pretty much. Um, so or I mean, demolish it, it, sound stages, which is what they're doing right now. Well, well, sure. But like in like in Orlando, yeah, they can just be like, OK, we're just going to do an or, uh, a coaster now with Jurassic World. Leave this one. It is as is. They can't really do that so much there so i guess it's it's a different scenario where they can't just be like we want to integrate jurassic world let's just do another thing on top of this right Um, i don't know i would have just preferred they they left it because not not that i think jurassic world is fine but i guess it's just like a, a lot of things where it's it's an it's not a disliked movie but it's not loved like jurassic park was so in 20 years, I don't know, is Jurassic yeah. World going to feel odd? It's going to be like, nobody nobody cares about Jurassic World right now. No one cares about Owen Thunderguns and his adventures. Yeah, like, that's, that's my problem with the long-term, you know, yeah. I mean, Jeff Goldblum, there's a reason why he's in 
a million memes from Jurassic Park. There's a reason why Alan Grant is in a million memes. Or, you know, like the movie has so many iconic moments and characters and elements from it. And to me, I can't say that Jurassic World will have any of that because I don't think it brought enough original stuff to the table to to have it. But I could I could be 100% wrong. It's hard to say because, you know, every generation tends to want to latch on to the, you know, well, I don't think it was a it was a bad movie. I, I just think it's going to be one of those things where like in 20 years, unless. Which I guess it's totally possible in 20 years, they make Jurassic World uh, have some quality tied to the name. Uh, but in 20 years, it's probably going to be like, eh, why don't they just switch it back? Or even in 10 years, it'll probably be like, eh, why don't they just switch it back to Jurassic Park? You yeah. know what I mean? Because Jurassic Park isn't going to f- it's still going to be the same movie 10 years from now. Jurassic yeah, World's going to be that movie nobody cares about because there's 10 more Jurassic Park movies by then. Yeah, and also I know that the World. second one, I have not seen it yet. I plan on watching it at some point, but from what I recall, it really, like, at least with Jurassic World, the first one, I again, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I thought my biggest problem was that I just didn't care about anyone in the movie like the characters were just so you didn't love Owen Thunderguns played by Chris Pratt I love Chris Pratt like that's that's the only reason why I like cared at all about him and uh uh Bryce Dallas Howard because I like them as actors but it's in terms of the characters I didn't care at all and none of them showed any growth none of them like they didn't change by the end of the movie really but so I didn't hate it I just didn't really it didn't really do anything for me beyond being like okay that was fun it was entertaining to you know but i know that there were a lot of people that did love that but for the second one i'm pretty sure it was kind of unanimously disliked i don't think i've really talked to anyone who yeah really liked the second one the, the first one was like the first one the first one was fine i i, I like i said i mean i fun. i liked it it was okay i've watched it a couple of times um the second one probably was about as good as a reboot could be in that case i think when the second one was just boring the... i mean I, you, i'm sure you've watched wait do you, are you one of those people will you watch a review before you see the movie it depends if it's something like us no because i don't want to like if it's something where I, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns i tend not to it just depends like shazam i'm gonna see it but i i don't know it just depends on the movie yeah, I mean Jurassic World two. It, it it all I'll say is it didn't do anything to make Jurassic World a a long term brand, you know. And it's like Jurassic yeah. because Jurassic the Jurassic Park franchise. I can only imagine they're just gonna keep doing stuff with it now. Like now that they have their hands on it, I'm I'm imagining the movies are just not gonna stop. Probably um, not. So in a few years, are they gonna change the name to something else? Is it gonna be Jur- Jurassic Corner? Jurassic cul-de-sac you know what I mean like are they just gonna keep changing the name because I think uh kind of like Yesterworld it kind of encompasses you know like Jurassic Park limits it to a park not that I'm saying that's a I think that's a good thing but I think they chose Jurassic World because they could literally do dinosaurs in space and uh, i think that would uh, technically qualify as the world well i guess maybe oh not. man you haven't Jurassic seen Dur- you haven't seen Jurassic World 2 have you I know, I know what happens in the second part where it just takes a 180 and it's like, where is this? It becomes a whole other movie. You need to watch it. I don't want to spoil it because it's a, an incredible film. But what's interesting, and again, 
Maybe I'll make it a goal to try to watch it this week. But what I've heard that's interesting, because I did watch the reviews on that, because I was like, I don't really care about the twist or whatever. Um, but that there are people that really liked the first half and hated the second half. And then there are people that really hated the first half, but really enjoyed the second half. Because it, it is like two different movies from what I've heard when whatever happens, happens. So I think that's interesting that that both halves have kind of different fan bases. So if you saw a review, do you, do you know what happens at the end? I don't know what happens at the end, end, but obviously I don't want to spoil it for anyone anyone listening. But Okay, it ties into what you just said, and I was, I was wondering if you actually did know or not, because you literally... Okay, all right, I want you to see it, because yeah, I'll, it's so I'll get around. I'll try to watch it. Uh, but anyways, week. I just I just wonder because if they if they if they keep calling him Jurassic World, which I actually don't see happening, I think in ten years it'll be something different again. It'll it'll be who knows Jurassic uh, Carnosaur, a Jurassic Park story or something. They'll be Jurassic doing something planet, differently. Jurassic but yeah, planet, Jurassic they'll they'll, they'll rebrand and then it's gonna be like or a subtitle Jurassic You know World. what I mean though because like with, with these franchises if they keep evolving and they keep mm-hmm. making movies like for the ride you may as well have just stuck with the first one cuz that'll be timeless versus right. if you make it the fourth one it's just going to be odd like don't you think like I think so but I don't think they're looking at it from that I think a lot of and it's a whole other topic but I think a lot of the direction right now in a lot of the attractions we're seeing is more in the short term. And by short term, I mean like five, 10 years, not like 20, 30 years. I think it's more about what's popular now, what's going to last five or 10 years, not what's going to last 30 years, you know? Yeah, especially Universal. Especially Universal. You're right. Like, honestly, of any of the rides that have come out recently. Yeah. Uh, I was going to try to make a clever segue. I'll let you do it. I, my, my clever segue was going to be, speaking of rides that may not last into the future. Oh, we that were going to... That was my great segue. But that was going to be our fourth topic. But all right, we're moving it up for the segue. Wait, unless I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Backseat Imagineering. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. All right. We're doing that, that now. that ties into to whether it's relevant today. But I'll let you take the, the lead on kind of introducing... All right, everyone, rate our segues. Let us know on Twitter how amazing are our segues. I say they're pretty great. Um, but this week on Backseat Imagineering, our amazing new segment, which I came up with the name. I think it's genius. You might not agree. Um, but we are going to talk about what we think. Um, well, the rock and roller coaster, you guys know it. You might love it. You might hate it. Um, but it's been around for a while, and it's coming up on 20 years um, There's which even marks... a video on it, I think. I think someone did a an episode on. Oh yeah, we we just covered it too, which even more synergy. But um, it just said goodbye in uh, Disneyland Paris, and it's also one of those rides where it just feels at this point it, it it's time has come. If you've ever seen that Kung Fu Panda meme with the turtle, um, Rock and Roller Coaster's time has come, and we we just kind of wanted to talk about what what we think Disney should do with this ride because it's in a bit of a an odd place where it's one of the last rides in a Disney park that the franchise is based around isn't owned by Disney. I, I think it's just Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror. I think so. I think that's it. Um, for me, it's just, it's more, I think I mentioned it where the, it, if they did do like a 20, when did it open again? 99. And you pointed out they usually yep. do like 10 year contracts. So they could have yep. renewed once and 
that was my thing was either I feel like they usually do contracts in like 10 or 20 or five, but I feel like 10 seems like a, a number that happens pretty often. Um, so I feel like either they renewed it for another however many years or, you know, maybe it is the last year because, you know, I I, I know you're a huge fan of uh, certain periods of Aerosmith's music. I'm more of a casual fan. I'm <laughs> to your dismay, like I, I prefer their what do you call it? The second, like their second wave. Mark prefers the, yeah, like the, the comeback yeah, music. I like the early stuff. But that's to, my jam. You know, that's just you know, don't want to miss a thing, and you know, walk this way, and love in an elevator, and living on open. the edge, and all those. You know, singles. we'd have to hear about it quick though, because it says it opened. I just had to look up the exact date on July. Um, so if it was like twenty years to the day. Uh, I think they usually do within a year. I don't know if it's month specific, but either way, I don't think they're super relevant anymore. No offense to them. I mean, re- their current music, well, relevant to the younger generation. I feel like they are not. I, I don't think so either. Like they're they're a band that's definitely on their way out, like period. Like they're going to have to call it a day soon. Um, I know you are, like you said, you're a pretty casual fan, but there's just a video that went pretty... Uh, was pretty all over the internet the other day of because they just they just started a residency in Las Vegas um, where they're playing like you know shows all week um, for a while uh, and there was a video that went pretty viral of uh, like Joe Perry up on stage and he like couldn't even play like he was just barely there so like the the whole band is gonna be gone soon like not touring um, so I I just I don't see it sticking around especially with it's just not a. It's not. It's not Led Zeppelin. It's not the Beatles. They they kind of dated themselves with their their '90s stuff, and I think Disney just wants to own everything they do. So yeah. I just don't, and that's probably the biggest thing. I, I I just don't think, I don't think Aerosmith is bringing people to Hollywood studios. People might like the coaster, but I think yeah, if they rebranded ride. it, nobody, most people would not care. Yeah, I don't think there would be a huge. I enjoy it because, like I said, the music that they use is kind of from the the wave that I do enjoy because they have a lot of really great songs. But I don't think there would be any huge riot as long as it, whatever replaced it, was something cool, which I think that's the main factor in this is whether it would be another band or another musical experience or if it'd be... Like, what are they doing with the other one, like Iron Man or something? Which, see, that's the thing. I, I think that's why we haven't heard anything yet is because, yeah, you're right, it is Iron Man. But they can't do that right. at Hollywood Studios. And also, they're even if they could, they just, they're working on a Guardians of the Galaxy coaster right next door. So they probably wouldn't anyways. Because um, it'd be odd to open two Marvel-themed coasters, like, back-to-back, at least in my opinion. But um, I don't think, I, I in my opinion which I just said twice in a row, I really don't think they would do a band again. I, I don't think there's any current band that yeah. really has that. Like It's it's the internet now, and there's no like mega stardom like there was in the 90s and 80s. Right. Like there is, but not to the same level. Like there's, I don't think there'll ever be another Michael Jackson again. You know, like I don't think right. that's going to happen in today's day and age. Um, so I, I don't see them dating a coaster again. I think they'll just we already saw they can just completely rebrand it um, in Walt Disney Studios in Paris. Um, right. So they could definitely see, do it here. I would love to see, and 
I'm probably literally the only person on earth who would want this. I want a Coldplay themed coaster. Yikes. Well, not excluding their last two albums, their older stuff, but I know there would never ever. That would already be dated when it came out, though. I know. I'm just saying, like, in my own little fantasy world, because I love, I, they're one of my favorite bands up until I haven't really enjoyed their last couple albums all that much, but, but yeah, I agree. I don't think we're going to see another music. Band. If they had Unless to do a band a, again, who who do you think could fill that slot better than Aerosmith? Because honestly, Aerosmith is probably, if they wanted to stick to the band thing, Aerosmith probably is still one of the better bands to have really in only, that slot. Because it'd have to be the only one I could really see, but I don't think it would because I don't know if they're, I mean, they're mainstream, but they're, I don't know, is uh, like Muse. But I, I mean, I really like Muse. They're one of my other favorite bands, but... I, I don't know if they have the appeal as much, whereas Aerosmith had the appeal, you know, back then, like the kind of worldwide appeal. But I don't think Muse would really, it'd be kind of an odd choice. But in terms of like rock, because I think it'd have to be a rock band because it's a, a rock and roller coaster. It's high speed, you know, you can't. Well, have they could a, do pop, you know, I suppose. But I, I, I guess to be honest, I just don't can't see have it. one direction, you know, the coaster. That'd be weird. Well, that's what I mean. Like, even if they did the pop and roller coaster starring Taylor Swift, uh, it would still be within 10 years. It would feel odd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe quicker. They don't know. It's, it's such a gamble. Aerosmith have to be like a Marvel thing or a, some IP. I think it just, well, Aerosmith yeah. just had the benefit of, they had all of the rock fans from their first run of albums that loved them in the seventies. And then they had all the mainstream pop fans from the late 80s and 90s. So they just had a really broad, you know what I mean? Like, I actually think as far as like a rock band goes, Aerosmith is probably one of the better ones to have in there. But even so, they're not terribly relevant. Like, really the only ones that would would work are Aerosmith, ACDC, Kiss. There's not many because... It just doesn't fit that style of coaster, which is why I, right. I, I, they could change it to pop, but pop acts are just so, they're here and they're gone. Yeah, that I, I don't very, see that happening either. Yeah, and rock yeah, is kind of very. Yeah, sorry, I just talked over you like twice. No, they they're very. I don't want to say short term, but you know, it's like One Direction where they come, they're hugely famous and popular, and they break up. You know, so pop, unless you did like a solo art, there's just no. I don't think there's any way it would. It would work with pop, you know. But that's what I mean. And then, and then with rock, rock just isn't even close to as big as it was 20 right. years ago. Rock isn't dead, but it's like rock is almost like a niche now. Well, or that's real why, rock. Yeah, they're all doing pop. Muse's albums have, you know, they've had more pop in their. Well, I guess Coldplay is a better example where they used to be like limestone rock, and now it's more pop. And Muse is a little more poppy, but I think they have a healthy balance of rock and pop. Green Day got more poppy, so it's like, yeah, you don't have... I guess Green Day is really the only other band I could think of that might work. If is they Green were Day relevant band. still? Are they? A couple of years ago, I would say yes, but their last out couple albums really didn't uh, do all that well, I don't think. If How about they had no another, doubt? like, American Idiot or 21st Century Breakdown, I think they could, because they have that eight, that 90s early 2000s fame and if they were to kind of make some kind of comeback um 
because that's another one of my favorite. I'm just listing my favorite bands, I guess. Because they should do no doubt. They they were gonna try it. It didn't work out. Maybe it's time to to bring it back. I think they had a comeback a while back. I mean, no doubt, rock and roller coaster starring no doubt. I mean, that would be probably more dated than Aerosmith. But I could see it. I don't know. I I just can't think of anything. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Star Wars. They've already done the Star Wars overlay. I I could Mm. just see them making it a Star Wars coaster. I mean, Hollywood Studios is becoming Star Wars Studios, so... How crazy would that be if, if in a weird way, like in 10 years, it just became a Star Wars theme park? Like Indiana Jones goes away. Well, I guess they wouldn't because of the... Mickey Mouse railway railway coast uh, whatever's replacing great movie ride um, the runaway but, railway yeah but they could I guess other than a few experiences if they really wanted to I, I could see it happening we've already we've already talked about like the obvious the obvious move for Muppets is to make it a Muppets show based around Star Wars yeah because it's right next to the Star Wars and then they can just extend the rest of that space between the Muppets Star Wars uh, through down to Star Tours into more Star Wars stuff. And Not then, that I want that. I want to make that clear. It's just more... No, I, I'm the, just... The direction that... I'm just saying that seems kind of like a yeah. like something I could really see them doing where Hollywood Studios just turns into the Star Wars park and it's predominantly Star Wars throughout the entire park, you know? Yeah. I would say, I guess, Star Wars or... Uh, but who knows? I guess I could almost see them doing if it maybe had a sequel like a, a big hero six or something incredibles like that. i yeah. could do an incredibles, an incredibles coaster would be would be pretty cool i, I just see that i don't think i don't see it being marvel seeing as they're building a whole guardians coaster um in over in epcot right now and they can't yeah, use true. any of the main players and i don't know who else they can use that they have but i would imagine if they could use any other of the big players they would have by now in, in the because I don't know the specifics of that deal and like which characters, but from what I understand, they can't use anyone uh, from the Avengers in the comics. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe they'll. I know if we've talked about this. Maybe they'll because the other than the, the amazing Spider-Man attraction over at Universal, that area and the Hulk coaster. Other than those two, like that whole area could be easily rethemed. Although I, I love Spider-Man, so I wouldn't want to see that go. But maybe they could just buy out somehow the contract and just, you know, make it Iron Man. And it'd be cheaper for them since they're already, you know, because they are making the other one an Iron Man coaster, right? Yeah, yeah I, I would so. I would just think that if because in my opinion, that we'll probably hear something about what's happening in like the next year. Yeah. Um, and if they knew that they were looking at swapping that out and they thought that was even a possibility, they wouldn't have built a Guardians coaster from scratch. They would have just had right. that be the Guardians coaster. You know what I mean? But but on the other hand, when you, again, looking at it from a business point of view, that ride, maybe it'll change when Star Wars comes out, but that ride always has a long wait time. Like, every, even on off days when I go, that has probably the highest wait time of any other attraction. So, I mean, do they... Yeah, who knows? Even... I mean, it's possible. It just it stays there. It's not like it's an attraction. Like, you're right. It's an attraction that's still popular. I, I just think Disney... It's whether it's see... worth it for them to, you know, continue the license. That's really what it comes down to, is whether they... <clears throat> if, you know, it's like X amount to extend another 10 years or 5 years or whatever, whether that's worth it to them, you know? 
I guess. Well, while the attraction still maybe may still be popular, that that's I guess that's exactly it. Is the reason it's popular isn't Aerosmith. It's just it's a great coaster. Right. So they rebrand it with anything, and all of a sudden it's ten times more popular. But I mean, maybe they will. I mean, say it's a five-year contract. I mean, Galaxy's Edge is going to keep that park packed for a very long time. So maybe it's just going to be both of those rides, maybe. Uh, Tower of Terror 2 that just slip, they want to do something with it but I honestly think after Galaxy's Edge is done Hollywood Studios probably isn't going to be their focus for a, at least a while yeah um, I'm curious about that because I know you know time Twilight Zone is timeless but I, I'm curious how the because I had heard that in Hollywood like that was the reason one of the main reasons because the contract was ending or the license was ending with CBS but then now that CBS has the new version of the Twilight Zone, I don't know. I mean, those two attractions, it'll be very curious to see what will happen in the next couple years. I just think Disney really, seeing as those are the last two that they don't have under their infinity gauntlet of Disney yeah. properties. The last two stones of their gauntlet. I, I just think they might just they might just want to get rid of them and make Disney... I mean, it's going to be weird because once those rides are gone, it, it'll be like pre-Star Tours time where everything in the parks is Disney. Nothing yeah. is from outside anymore. Um, nothing is buy, buy whatever. Which is not, it's a completely different thing because now they just own almost everything versus in the 80s they didn't. Um, so they, they really don't have any need for anything from the outside anymore because what don't they have other than Harry Potter? Like... Harry Potter's like the big one, the one that got away. But other than that, like they yeah, have everything and, they could ever want or ever need. And there's no foreseeable franchise. I mean, I've always heard Lord of the Rings, and I would love to see that be implemented into a park. But I don't think it because they're my favorite movies. But I think I I can't really see it happening now. I don't think they're popular enough. Yes, it depends like, how yeah. this ten billion dollar Amazon series yeah. does. Um, it really does. Yeah. Like if if that's huge again, then maybe Lord of the Rings will be. It's really the the. It's definitely it has to be the biggest like not represented franchise in theme parks, right? I think so. Like Star Trek is is almost become. I'm gonna make some people angry here, but Star Trek's kind of become like a niche franchise lately. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, some people are. I feel like it's just the diehards now. Like it's not like a. You go up to 10 people and everyone knows and watches all the Star Wars movies, but I doubt one out of 10 still watches uh, Discovery. Um, no, I watched the the movies, you know, but I think they canceled the part three or part four. Um, I enjoyed those. The- yeah, I think they did. Well, I think it's kind of up in the air right now because people have been dropping in and out and there's just been tons of production issues. And I know the last movie, like, was only a little bit over breaking even because they mm-hmm. spent so much on it. Um, but from what I understand, and this is, we, we've been trying to get the viewers more involved, but if you're like, a, if you're a Trek fan, uh, tweet at us, like, I've always heard like the diehard Star Trek fans kind of don't like the movies. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard too. I've always heard like the movies are kind of hated by the people that actually like, like the real Star well, cause Trek. They re- yeah. Cause they removed a lot of the, uh, technological like accuracies and a lot of the, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I can't articulate it now, but I've heard that. They, well, they made it more like of like a big, it, dumb action franchise yeah, is what I've always yeah. heard. Um, I've never watched Star Trek, um, so I have no opinion on any of it. I've never even seen the, the new movies. 
Yeah. Um, well, I grew up watching. I never watched. I never. That's what's funny because like I I never got into Star Trek, but my mom watched it constantly. So I grew up watching every series, but I just never got into it personally. But yeah, the movies are definitely like a watered down. You know, like you said, kind of a like a fun action. To me, they're not like dumb, but like I could see how like a Star Trek fan would think they are kind of a watered down dumb action movie because they remove a lot of the elements that made Star Trek really unique. Well, they're made to be kinda, like you know, crowd pleasers as yeah. opposed to please the the diehards, which which makes sense to me. I mean, you don't hire Chris Pr- Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth and make a a niche movie for the fans, right. you know. Like some yeah. people, a small amount of people would love that, but that's not the point of making movies for these studios. It's to make as much money as possible. Right. Um, which I, I, mean, I don't know. I, but I guess my point was like uh, that. Yeah, Star Trek. I, I don't. I don't see Star Trek ever really becoming anything in theme parks. I just don't think it's it's big enough anymore, um, or relevant enough anymore. Versus yeah. Lord of the Rings is one where. Yeah, I, I think even if this new series failed, I think it still would bring an insane amount of people to a park. If Universal somehow got a hold of the rights to make like a full-blown Middle Earth, I mean, that would yeah. that would kill. I think it's a little more tough because whereas J.K. Rowling is alive and people can say, oh, she, you know, is overseeing it because, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien is dead – I think that would probably maybe rub people the wrong way, being like, oh, how do you know it's his, his, this would be in line with his vision? I could see that being part of it. But I don't know, maybe his family would just get involved with the creative aspects. Well, I would think they'd do it based on the movies. Man, imagine if J.K. Rowling was in charge of them building Middle Earth and she made she made Universal make the... She, she would make Universal make all the Hobbit holes to scale uh, yep. and you just have to crawl in there. It'd be like Honeydukes times 10. I mean, I would love to see it. I just realize it's more of a, I don't know, it just seems like a, I don't want to say niche, but I don't know, I just have a hard time. Like, I would, I mean, I've always wanted to do the New Zealand tour of the Hollywood, the film locations, but I just have a hard time seeing it in a park, I guess, because of, I don't know, it's just one of those things I have a hard time visualizing like Disney or Universal being like, we're going to build Hobbiton. Disney, no, but it, Universal, but... yes. I, I, I actually, I could see Universal somewhere down the line getting a hold of it, especially if this, isn't it like $10 billion I, budget sure. or something it for, for this enough. Hobbit show? I mean, if this is successful too, I mean, it's just, it's just going to be true. too much. I think much. a lot rides on that, on the success of the new, I need to, I need to check that out. Cause I haven't like the last time I looked into it was, a long time ago so i'm sure there's a lot more development since then i don't know i just i those movies are still like incredibly incredibly relevant over 10 years later and that that's what's amazing for that franchise is three mediocre movies and over a decade later and that original trilogy is still right at the top of everybody's minds you know so i i don't know i really i could see it especially universal they Especially now that Disney owns some of Universal stuff, <laughs> um, I think Universal might. Man, I mean that that's that, that that's what we need to do on the next episode is uh, the Simpsons. Now that Disney owns the Simpsons, what is Universal going to do? Um, mm, yeah, again, it totally depends on contract stuff, you know, licensing agreements. Because I'm sure they had something in place to keep. I mean, I'm sure they had when Universal 
did whatever agreement, I would imagine they kept themselves safe by saying, kind of like the Marvel thing, saying, okay, like, even if they're bought up, we still retain the rights to use it in our parks. Because they're not dumb. They knew that that probably but ended up th- happening. Do you think it, it's a, like, for all time thing? Or if it has a expiration date? You know what I mean? Like, if it's for 20 oh, years. Isn't, isn't the Marvel thing? Does the, the Marvel, Marvel thing is, agreement have yeah. an expiration date? The Marvel thing, no. It's just like for all time rate. until... Uh, you know, something that's a, changes. How does that that's what I want to know how those how those differ in negotiations. Like a, you know, the um, the great movie or um, Disney with MGM. You know that contract where it was a twenty year agreement where every year it would go up by fifty thousand dollars and then it would cap at one million. Versus the kinds where they are seemingly like endless. I suppose it's how know? good of a negotiator you are. Um, like Simpsons, this- like is there a date they have to? But again, like it's so popular still in that whole area, I really can't see them being like, "All right." No, I'm just like, wondering if they would ever have to. Like, if it if it is a 20 year thing, in when when did the Simpsons open? Late 2000, 2000s. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to say that decade. The late that always that thousands. trips me up every time because you can say 1980s, 1990s, 19, or 210s. Well, I mean, two, early. I mean, zeros? I could say the early tens or the mid tens, and next year like, we could say the late tens. But what do you, you say? say that, well, I think uh, it was my girlfriend actually that brought up the point that eventually, because if you say if you're talking about the eight, or if you talk about eighteen twenty, you don't say the twenties. You say eighteen twenty. So eventually, I think we'll just say, oh, the twenties and the thirties, and that'll refer to this generation oh you know, sure you know what I, mean? I think within the next five years we'll be calling this decade the tens um because it's easier than like like i'm, I'm getting tongue twisted but when, when did the simpsons open it was like the late i'm gonna say thousands the late thousands um was it like oh nine or something something like that i I'd so have to say, look it, say up, it was a 20 year contract if, and then if in anyone 10 years, has any idea um because i'm always fascinated by like contractual us. stuff we're because saying this too much I would be curious to know how if it's a perpetual agreement, if it any of it, if Disney is gonna. I, I would imagine there's no hiccup with Disney because I think they would have kept themselves safe, like in the agreement. Like if Fox is owned by anyone else, we still get to retain the licensing rights, but it's a matter of whether it's perpetual or whether it's, you know, like. Well, I just I think uh, that area may get more more popular just because one of the selling points of Disney Plus is they're going to have all 30-plus seasons of The Simpsons to stream. Oh, that's um, right. And there's no place huh, to watch yeah. The Simpsons, which is why, which is a big part that's, of why I think The Simpsons huh. isn't that popular with young people right now, because you can't watch it. That is really interesting. I'd never thought of that, that connection between Disney+. Plus. Now that you mentioned that, that I could see being, hmm, now you got my brain going, because, yeah, Disney+, Plus is going to have The Simpsons. So, obviously, Universal's benefiting, so then... I mean, I would I would guess that it's not a perpetual agreement, but I guess it could be. And, and in that case, it's just I, I could see Simpsons. I, I really could see Simpsons just becoming way more popular now that it's going to be accessible to to everyone. Um, I, I just that's that's one thing where, like, I've always wanted to watch all those early seasons, but I don't want to watch like it enough to go out and six. buy 30 yeah. seasons on I, DVD. I got through. It was whenever the DVDs were coming out that I was buying them as they came out. And I think I got to like seven 
And then I was like, well, there's, and this was before, you know, it was easy, as easy to watch them online or something. So I just never ended up getting the next one because it was if, getting too, pre- too expensive. If there's 30 seasons and you, and you got to drop, what, $20 per season? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like spending 30. $600 to own the Simpsons collection. That's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, there's probably a way to buy all 30 seasons in a box set. But e- either way, I don't care enough about The Simpsons to spend that kind of money to watch it. Yeah, There was but some now, article. It has nothing to do with this, really. But some guy, uh, I forget who it was for, but he, I think, watched all, I think it was like a couple years ago. So like all 28 seasons, he watched it in like a single week or something like that. Some crazy experience and it was like he wrote it it was just a funny article like how you know the first few seasons he felt and then his mind kind of started to go a little weird once he got to seasons you know like 10 and 15 and but he like binged through the entire series all at once that sounds like a fate worse than worse than death um not not for me but yeah i I, we started out on rock and roller coaster now we're talking about the simpsons but uh um we we do have one final topic um mm-hmm. which we don't have a name for that was mark's job and i'm very upset with mark i failed um, we're gonna we're gonna call it the mark v quinn throwdown this time that's not permanent name but i just wrote it in the skype call um and we're, we're just trying to come up with something that uh we we actually disagree on because me and mark tend to agree on most things i would say um and one thing that we realized we we didn't have the same uh feelings on and we decided to make it into segment is the the fast pass system. Um, I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce uh, what we're going to be talking about. All right. So apologies for the very random edit, but it turns out we <laughs> the the uh, topic we chose we actually do agree on because we were not quite we were not on the same page. It had to do with the fast pass ticket system, and I was gonna I had assumed that he was in favor of. Um, uh, Mark Mark was thinking of the Walt Disney World one. I was thinking of the Disneyland system, which are different. And then we stopped and talked about it to make sure we had our facts straight. And it turned out we actually did agree. Because um, it used so, to be first come, first serve. And that was what I enjoyed. Because if I wanted to go ride Frozen tomorrow, I could know, okay, as long as I get there early, I can get in line for a fast pass. But because now the fast passes are in again, like I, I think there's arguments for both sides. But now because it's um, it's not first come first serve, it's just I think priority goes to people that have um, you know that have bought tickets or packages or resort packages. So it's just it's not it's different now. You can't just go early, get in line for a fast pass, and get on it later in the day. It's it's um, hard. <laughs> pretty much impossible to do that you know how to just refresh the app a million times and hope that someone canceled their flight of passage um fast pass because now you just can't do that i wonder wonder how often fast passages go unused somebody isn't going to make it they don't bother to cancel but that's the thing because like i would love to be able to go to animal kingdom early get a fast pass for flight of passage hang out there for a few hours and go ride it but now it's more based on Either you have to book it way in advance, which is why they're doing it, because they're catering more. To, and it makes sense because it's Disney World. They're catering more towards the vacation families on vacation who are planning trips far ahead of time. So I understand that. And I, it's like I get why it's the way it is, but I just miss the first come, first serve aspect. But that's catering more towards annual pass holders, I guess. 
which is yeah I, I, I agree and I mean I, I was curious because I was like I, I didn't understand how you would you didn't like the Disneyland one because I, I thought you just meant you didn't like the digital part and you liked the physical slip yeah. and I was like I don't want to walk to the attraction every time but and, but yeah we, we are sense. on the same page yeah. I guess when it comes to this uh, so well, no Mark Disneyland v. Quinn priority, this week. Disneyland is primarily annual pass hold, you know, repeat visits are more mostly annual pass holders versus Disney World where it is primarily like vacationers. They have different kind of vibes. So I guess that makes sense why Disney World it's not first come first serve. They want the people that are planning 6 months ahead of time to be able to ride Frozen, which I totally understand. I'm just speaking from a a resident at either park, I like having the first come first serve option. Um, but maybe we'll find something else we <laughs> disagree with for uh, the next one. It's funny how that kind of turned out. Oh well, 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 next week we'll we'll find something that we we just can't seem to agree on. It's gonna get it's gonna get rough. So make sure you don't miss next week's episode because there's gonna be arguments. Cool. And we have a few other. Uh, there's another segment that I'm kind of playing with that I want to do or us to do that would uh, involve you guys a little more. And it has to do with sharing uh, stories, but we're going to put a pin in that till next week to not try to add on too much. Cause you know, we want to try to make this more of an experience and not just us talking and hear from you guys and you know, the um, you know, your experiences and involve you guys. So we're, that's something we are actively uh, working on, which this was going to be, but yeah, we we were trying to figure out how to end it and just thought you know let's just let's just own up to it that we <laughs> we actually did a agree yeah it was on an it, awkward so. realization because I was like well well then I do agree I don't I'm just, yeah. I don't know oh well uh we'll we'll, we'll do it soon but um it's got a bit of a shorter podcast not everyone has to be a, a two hour Star Wars rant uh, at the end so um, I appreciate all the people that did uh, I, I get a I'm still getting a, a kick out of every time I see someone posting a or tweeting a, a Palpatine meme at us because it shows that you stuck around for that epically long two-hour and 15-minute podcast or however it was. So, um, Yeah, which yeah. we're going to do again this week. Uh, we're, we're gonna, we, just, we were curious how many people actually made it to the end of the podcast, and at least for me, more people, way more people did than I actually oh, thought. Yeah. I was um, shocked. So we're, we're curious again this week. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin this on Mark. Um, you got to think of something. Let's see. You can cut the what? silence out. Yeah, no, I think. will. I'm trying to think. Because um, I, I always think there's GIFs of things. I'll just say Jurassic Park GIF. Sure. Um, so if you made it till the end, because uh, I know there are tons of GIFs and memes, uh, tweet at us and include a Jurassic Park GIF. How about, uh, or wait, meme. it's got to be Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Yes. Make it specific. There's a bajillion of him. Uh, so, yeah, tweet at us, say uh, Jeff Goldblum, because that, that guy just – that character is just so incredible. And there's a, there's a reason why there's a million memes of Jeff Goldblum. Um, so, yeah, if you made it this far, not that it's super far, but we're always curious to see who or how many people are sticking around to the end. And, again, we you know we want to include you guys more and, um, cause, and make it more fun so you're not just listening to us talk, but you can be involved – and included in certain topics or debates or discussions or um, whatever. But all that being said, I think that's everything I have. Um, yeah, just one moment. one final thing. Um, if you if you have been enjoying the podcast, um, please oh, yes. do leave a leave a rating on uh, iTunes if you could. Uh, it really helps us out. 
um, since we're especially just kind of reinventing the podcast right now and trying to make it a, a quality thing you guys can listen to every week. If you enjoyed it, could leave a rating. It, it does help us out a lot. Yeah, we probably should tell them our Twitter ads since we didn't. Yeah, uh, that probably would if help. They're gonna, if they're not going to be able to tweet us, they can't yeah. find our Twitter. So I am yester underscore or at yester underscore world. And then Quinn is at yester, uh, yester score at yester. Uh, at yester, at yester underscore yester. world underscore Q. So it's the same thing, just add another underscore Q at the end of mine. All right. Well, that yep. extremely smooth ending aside, um, that's all we have this week. Uh, thank you for listening, especially being to the end. You're, you're a trooper. Oh, darn. Well, uh, this is why we need, we're going to move away from Skype because I lost Quinn. But luckily, it was at the very end. So uh, in the words of Jeff Goldblum, I'm now sitting here uh, talking to myself. That's a, that's chaos theory. So that's a perfect way to end it. So hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Look forward to our Uh, podcast next week and thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time here at yesterworld